Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with legendary jazz musician and composer Eddie Daniels. Prior to the 2020 election and the COVID-19 pandemic world, we talked to him about his latest 2020 CD, Night Kisses, featuring David Grusin and Bob James, and it's out on Resonance Records. This album comes off the heels of 2018's Grammy-nominated album, Heart of Brazil. He was born in New York City and became interested in jazz as a teenager and was moved by Frank Sinatra. His first instrument was the alto sax. He's got a great story. Enjoy. Let's do our thing. You know, I'm ready for you. So let's talk about your Night Kisses. A wonderful album. Wonderfully produced. Love Thanks. sounds. I've really enjoyed it. It's a tribute to Ivan Lynch. Talk to me a little bit about why you felt impelled to pay tribute to him. Well, that was more George Clayman's idea. It wasn't my idea. George Clayman is the producer and the uh, you know, the, the owner of Resonance Records. And he, from, he originally, he lived in Brazil when he was a kid. So the, the, the album before this, do you know my Egberto Gismondi album called uh, Heart of Brazil? Well, that was the first in this sequence of albums. And uh, so George loves Brazilian music, as do I. You know, and it's, it's almost like he handed me a project and he said, dive into this, and I dove like a mother. Well, you know, the one thing about Brazilian music is there's such a, there's such a happy feel to it. There's almost a timelessness to it. Why do you like it so much? I like the rhythm, and I feel the culture. I feel the smell of Brazil, uh, the good part of the scent of Brazil, Brazilian culture, Brazilian rhythm. I think a culture... Uh, is really reflected in the rhythm of the music. It's almost like, you know, I mean, I'm a guy from New York originally. Jazz is part of our culture in the United States. And that jazz, actually, when it was in the 40s and 50s, jazz was a little more popular. That was our culture. You could feel it with America. Jazz is unmistakably American. Uh, but it's also, I, w- I wouldn't say it's only American. It belongs to everyone, but it felt to me like it, you know, Charlie Parker, Coltrane, uh, Stan Getz, Bill Evans, all the guys that are, you know, it was an American cultural product, and Brazil's music has stayed pretty much the same, no matter who the artists are, the, the feeling of the culture in the music still is there. And so I'm in love with it. I've, I've been playing Brazilian music all my life. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the rhythm, the culture, the feel. And, of course, uh, you know, the composers are fabulous. Yvonne Linz's music is unbelievable. So what was it like to make this album with Dave and Bob? Well, it was actually, you know, it was kind of my choice. because we were going to go through this album. And Dave is a dear friend and was my... Uh, one of my uh, bosses and supporters at GRP Records, where I made seven albums, seven or eight albums, thanks to Dave Grusin. Uh, you know, be, him being one of the, the, you know, GRP is Grusin Rosen. So he was half of that company. And Bob James was CTI Records. I used to go record for Bob all the time on a lot of his albums. I was one of the read players. And so here, where I'm having my moment, I felt like these are two guys, number one, never played together. 
ever. They're friends, but they were never on an album together. So I got them both to come and play with me. I loved it. What does it feel like to release an album during a global pandemic and all of this cauldron of things happening in America? Well, it's, it feels good in a sense because here we are trapped. We're all trapped. You know, everything's limited. There's no music happening. And this album was done right before the pandemic. So it's taken about a year to produce it, get the notes and do everything, and now it comes out. So it feels like I have a presence because of people like yourself listen to it and love it. And I feel like, oh, I'm still here. I'm still here. People are hearing my music on the radio. They're liking it. I can't go out and play anywhere. I won't. And But my music is being played. So it's, it's, it's there. I'm so thankful that I have this record to keep my... Uh, to share the music with people. And it's beautiful, loving, romantic, jazzy, Brazilian. It's a very special album, very special album. I think it's my best album. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And the one thing I got to say for being a radio guy, it has been refreshing through the pandemic to keep getting CDs and to keep getting links and to keep getting music. So thank you for keeping the world of jazz rotating in, in the right direction. Well, thank you. So how have you been doing during the pandemic? I mean, I, and I'm going to preface this with this question here. I have historically asked musicians that have been very storied like you that have been around for a long time, like how healthy is jazz? It's been a question. I never have to ask that again. The amount how of times that one, yeah, like how, how healthy, healthy is jazz? jazz? But um, I don't have to do that anymore. I, I just don't. I know now because of the amount of shows that, that musicians had to cancel i never have to ask that again to a musician have you thought about how much just you and fellow musicians have had to cancel during this pandemic absolutely i'm you know i'm talking to all my friends all the time they they, they can't work i can't work you know the last gig that i was going to do was uh, labor day at the detroit jazz festival and, and uh with bob james actually with our quartet and i didn't want to get on a plane it ain't worth dying for I want to yeah. be able to give more music to the public, you know. And so yeah. uh, the, uh, the the festival was quite all right with it. I'm very close with the, with the director of the of the Detroit Festival, and it's like that with all gigs. We're all in the same we're all in the same boat, you know. Uh, but the good part is, I love music. I practice during the day. You're going to ask me what do I do? I am practicing my instruments. I'm practicing the one instrument that made an appearance on this album that people haven't heard me play in 30 years. What was that, Joe? You play the flute. Yeah, but you see, that's the key. That's the key. I hadn't played the flute for 30 years before this album. Yeah, well, then there you go. Well, that's the thing. You, as a a, a person who listens to a lot of music and maybe knows some of my music, I've been mostly mostly a clarinet guy for the last 30 years since I joined. GRP back in those days, and uh, and some saxophone, but not much. And then um, I had to do this album of Ivan Lins, and something magical and scary happened. Did you read anything about it in the notes or anywhere around some of the other reviews? He sent me a link over, and I I've, I've read through uh, some of the notes, and you know. Well, let me the... tell. You, I'll just give it to you, sure. then you can repeat sure. it. So I was about three weeks out from the session and I'm practicing my clarinet and my dentist did a bone graft in my mouth and said, you can't play the clarinet for three weeks. Of course, it'll go in your sinus and you'll, 
you know, the clarinet is very resistant when you blow it, so it'll blow out your your implant. And so my friend Ron Odrich, who's a very fine clarinetist, said, why don't you practice your flute again? So, uh, you know, when you off the top of your head said, you play the flute, it's kind of funny because that's the first track on the album yeah. that Avos de Pollo is flute. But I hadn't played yeah. the flute in 30 years. Wow. And so um, I started practicing. But I was, you know, I was a good fluter 30 years ago. So I started practicing. I fell in love with it. And I felt, this is perfect for this album. So yeah. on the Yvonne Lynn's Night Kisses, when I got to the session, I realized I love having the flute with me. And it kind of, I got my chops back a little bit. If you read the Downbeat review, you'd, you'd get a kick out of it, um, where he mentions that. Um, so I, I got into it, and I got playing the flute, and I, I played four tunes on flute, four tunes on the clarinet, and four songs on saxophone. Right on. And I think it worked out, and it got me so excited. I found my, it's like you find your ex-wife again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the flute with my ex-wife. Not literally, <laughs> but, you know, someone you bring back into your life. And I started practicing. I'm practicing the flute several hours a day now. That's why being in lockdown, you know, quarantine or whatever is not big deal because that's what I do in my life anyway. I'm a pra- I practice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm curious during this time too, another layer of this, this pandemic and being in, in a lockdown is do you, are there any memories of being on stage? You've been on so many stages in so many places. Do you have any magic moments and memories that are coming in that are kind of making you, you know, fueling you for when you do return? No. Well, I mean, I had fun in my life and had some good performances but what fuels me is I have my breakfast, like when you called and I was eating. I didn't have another few bites. And I come into my room, like I'm sitting in this beautiful room right now where I can see mountains. I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's beautiful, a lot of green, even though it's cold today. It's like, you know, freezing. Uh, I go into my room after I've had my coffee and my cereal, and I start practicing for hours. And I'm loving it. It's almost to the point where... You don't need – it's nice to have an audience. An audience is a great thing to have because you can, you can bounce off of them, you know. You know, we as a culture have a, a hard time being alone by ourselves. That's why a lot of people in the quarantine go crazy. They don't know what to yeah. do. They're sitting yeah. around. So, you know, I don't sit around. I, you should see what I – I bought reeds of music to practice. On the flute, I'm playing things on the clarinet. Uh, and on the saxophone, and I'm still excited about music. So I don't think back to a previous performance because I have to do it now. It's like you get in the car, and you can't think of the last time you drove your car so that you could drive it now. You've got to drive it. You've got to pull out of your driveway. You've got to face that on oncoming traffic, and you don't think about the past because you're in the now. Yeah. And a car, yeah. driving a car is a good example of that because you can't shit around. Sorry about that. You can't fuck around, but you don't have to say that either. But you can't screw around. Okay, that's a good, better <laughs> word. You know, you can't screw yeah. around when you get in the car. Cars are coming by, and you have to make a turn onto a major roadway. You can't say, "Well, what was I doing years ago? I was such a good driver." No, you're in the present, and that's what music is like. It's almost. I like hearing the album, and I love what happened on this album. I think it was magical in a certain way but i'm practicing for the next one yeah you know yeah yeah and i'm practicing 
I'm practicing so that I could have my chops right now. So I like to keep my chops. And it's not a matter of because I want the chops so that I could go out and play for people. For me and my own psyche, having my chops is important yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and playing beautiful music in a room by myself is important to me. And, yeah. and sometimes you go on Zoom, and I've done a couple of things with friends and stuff with, you know, Arturo Sandoval. We did, we did a Zoom thing together. And, uh, you know, I'll do stuff like that. But mostly I'm in the room practicing. And I'm not practicing to go anywhere else to do it. I'm just loving it, you know. Yeah. So I bring the love of that musical experience when I get into a studio. Everything you accumulate, it's like a bank account, in a sense, without you even knowing it. You play, you play, you practice, you practice, and suddenly you're, you're something. You can play. Yeah. And then also you have to keep practicing because you can't play without practicing. So it's, it's a great thing. I, I wish I could give that gift to everybody so that when we're all crazy in this lockup and we have to be so limited in our choices of where we go and what we do, get an instrument or get a dog. A dog yeah. is a good thing to have in the house. We have a great dog. So life is actually okay, you know? Cool. Well, let me ask you this. When we do return to live music, what do you hope both the audience and the musician gets from this absence of live music? We realize how much we miss it. We realize how much we love it. And not just live music, live interaction with other human beings. So suddenly, to be able to have an audience in front of you again and, uh, you know, a disease-free, virus-free audience, and we're all not thinking about that, where you can just play again, I think everybody's going to just love it. We're all going to love it. We all got to get back together with each other. Yeah. It's like De Niro was on uh, on uh, one of the shows last night. And, you know, he's saying, you know, getting together, being with people is the essence. And uh, But I, I, I love the Night Kisses album because it just, it really comes from the heart. It's about the deepest heartfelt album I have ever done. And it should calm people down. because It calms me down. It calmed me down to play it, to be there. Yeah. So I want to take the audience with me while they're listening. Because I'm pu- they're with me. I'm with them. When I'm playing, I'm, I am everybody. I'm everyone who's listening. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's a great answer. Great way to wrap everything up. Eddie, thank you for taking what was your time. Per- per- what was your, your, the track on there that you liked the most? i got to be honest with you. I love the way the album starts. It, it just, it, it, you run right into it. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling that you set up um, initially with this album, and I've listened to it probably about four or five times. I've listened to it uh-huh. far. I've listened to it wow. down. And, and That's yeah, great. Yeah, I've really wrapped my head around it. And I really like the way it starts. You you set the tone with the instrument, and that's probably why I just immediately set flute because I just that's the thing. It's just there's this feeling that you're putting out there. It it almost is kind of like you said. It's like rediscovering the love. I think you can feel it because it's a conversation. That's one of the reasons why I was asking about Dave and Bob. I mean, these are good friends, but it's jazz is a conversation. And what you're doing yes. is you're having a conversation with an old instrument. And you, you know, the, the, the name of that first tune, Havos de Povo, is Voice of the People. Yeah. And it's perfect for this time with this election and everything that oh, the man. people have to be heard. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. And to keep the faith, man. The future can be Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Eddie for his time, music, and class. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.